Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Dave went through that, uh, that background of that song, which I'd never heard. Nate, my son, leaned over and said, so the third guy gets all the credit. He didn't really do any work. I said, yeah, that's the way it sounds. Hey, glad you're here this morning. If you're a guest of ours, we are especially honored to have you with us this morning. I want to really encourage you. You're already here today, but I want to encourage you to be here next Sunday morning. Um, I know it's Christmas Day, and I know a lot of people are going to be traveling. I'll remind you, we're having one service. It's been announced. It's on the, you know, in the bulletin. There's some signs around, but we're having one service, not at 8.30, not at 11. It's going to be 9.30. So plan on being here next Sunday at 9.30, and I guarantee you'll be blessed. You know, I know that, like I said, there's a, lot of, a lot of you are going to be traveling, a lot of family things going on. But I think next Sunday is actually going to be a real a teaching opportunity. You know, your kids are going to forget pretty quickly what they got under the tree. But I, I think they'll remember a long time, mom and dad wanted to be at worship service on Christmas morning. And they were seeking first the kingdom. And uh, I hope that if, if you're in town, that you make plans on being with us uh, next week as well. Uh, this morning... We are wrapping up our little three-week series that we've been talking about, the three towns that are so central in the story of Jesus' birth. We've talked about Jerusalem and Nazareth. Today, obviously, we're talking about Bethlehem. And each town has raised a question. If you remember, Jerusalem's question was, will you accept a new king? 2,000 years later, that same question still demands to be answered. Last week we talked about Nazareth's question, will you join a new story? And the fact that we're really quick to want God to join us in our story. But the question is, are we willing to submit and join God in, in his story? And anyone who calls themselves a Christian has to answer that question. This morning we're going to be talking about the question posed by the town of Bethlehem. But before we get there, let me share with you some information that you already know. This time of year has its own playlist, right? I mean, the month of December, the holiday season, Christmas time, has songs. They're only sung this time of year. There are songs that you only hear this time of year. And I don't know that there's any other holiday that can make that statement. I don't think there's any other holiday that has songs that are particular and peculiar to that time. Mother's Day doesn't have a song. Father's Day doesn't have a song. Fourth of July, there's lots of patriotic songs, but you don't hear them in the mall. You don't you know, hear them in the radio you know, leading up to the Fourth of July. Valentine's Day, lots of love songs, but I can't think of a song that's specific to Valentine's Day. I guess Thanksgiving has one, Over the River and Through the Woods. But we don't join hands around the table you know, and sing it while the turkey's being cut. No, this time of year really is the only season that has its own playlist, and I love that. I love the music this time of year for the most part. I like to hear those songs sung. I like to hear those lyrics. It won't surprise you that I have a Statler Brothers Christmas CD in my car. I know all the words. Having said that, there are a few songs that you hear this time of year that I just 
I'm not crazy about. In fact, there are some Christmas songs that I, I really can't stand to listen to. And I'm not talking about the hippopotamus song and the chipmunk song and the grandma got run over by a reindeer. Nobody likes those songs. I'm talking about songs that you hear and you think, I don't, I don't like that song. I've got to change the station. I've got to turn it over. I don't like that song. I want to share with you a couple songs that I don't like. And please, this is just my opinion. Now, you might love these songs, and that's fine, but stay with me because I'm going somewhere here, okay? First song that I really don't like this time of year, and it really is not close. This is by far and away my least favorite Christmas song, Santa Baby. Oh, you might love it. That song is like fingernails down a chalkboard to me. I mean, just the way the lady sings it to start with, but then the message of the song is so convoluted. I mean, it's so in, 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 inappropriate in so many ways. She's asking for all these selfish things. If you've ever listened to the lyrics, she asks for a duplex. She asks Santa for a duplex. What's that about? I can't listen to that song. I don't like, and I shouldn't say this one because I guarantee some of you love this song. I do not like the song, The Christmas Shoes. I don't like it. Now, usually I'm a sucker for songs that tell a story. And I get the whole faith of a child angle, but that song is so contrived and so formulaic and so urban legend made up. You know, it just, it kind of drives me crazy to listen to it. Don't like that song. I don't like simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I don't know the, I don't know the name of that song, but I do know the words because those are the words. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time over and over. It's exhausting. And Paul McCartney wrote it for crying out loud. You think Paul McCartney would come up with something a little better than that. But I guess we all have songs that maybe we don't care about. Uh, but when you think about it, there is no other season that has uh, songs all its own, music all its own. What other time of year would you invite total strangers onto your porch to start singing? No other time but, but around this time of year. You know, we have all these songs, secular songs, but then all those songs that, that share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think it's fitting because when you look at the story of Jesus' birth, there is a lot of music involved. There's a lot of people who are singing at the birth of Jesus. In fact, when you read Luke's account, Seems like everybody's singing. Mary finds out that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, and she breaks into one of the most magnificent songs ever sung. Zechariah, at the birth of his son John, the, the foreteller of the Christ, breaks into song. Jesus is born. There's some shepherds out in the field. Angels appear, and, and they're singing. The shepherds, they go and, and visit the baby, and they start singing. You know, it's interesting, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, maybe the greatest songwriter who's, who's ever lived. There's all this great music being performed around the town of Bethlehem, and it's music that everybody needs to hear. And we've been asking questions from each of these towns. Jerusalem, will you accept the new king? Nazareth, will you join a new story? Bethlehem asked the question, will you sing a new song? 
Will you sing a new song? Because music is such a powerful thing. You know, music does more than just entertain. It, it inspires us. It motivates us. Music hits us on a, on a personal, emotional level. Really like no other kind of communication can. Movie, music can, can move people like no other kind of communication is able. You know, we hear the national anthem sung at a, a ball game or some gathering, and we expect everybody to stand up, don't we? And we notice when they don't, don't we? But we expect people to stand up. Why? Because we expect some measure of respect to be shown because that's more than just a song. That song really represents what we're about. We expect people to stand. We expect men to take their hat off. We expect people to stop talking and, and face a flag if it's near the, you know, in, the, in the room. Because that story, that, that music, tells us our story as Americans. Our allegiance. Our loyalty. Our, our unity. That song matters to Americans. Music does so much more than just entertain. It inspires us. It motivates us. And the songs of Bethlehem should inspire us. They should motivate us. Now, I've had people tell me, I don't like hearing traditional Christmas songs sung during the month of December. Really. You don't like going to the mall and hearing about the birth of Jesus. You don't like turning on secular radio and hearing about Jesus coming into the world to save mankind. That bothers you. I love to hear those songs. They're politically incorrect, by the way. They're really politically incorrect. Think about it. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That is so politically incorrect in today's don't offend anyone society. Because what that song is saying, that every single person, every religion, every worldview, there is one king. His name is Jesus, and you better worship him. That's the message of that song. It's a radical song. No, we know that song. We sing that song. But is that our song? Or do we just kind of mouth the words during the month of December and you kind of forget about the message the other 11 months of the year? Bethlehem is asking us to sing a new song, so maybe we'd better pay attention to the lyrics. Listen again. Luke chapter 2. It's coming. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a, company of, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing. Let's listen to this song. I'm going to learn several things this morning about the song. And the first is, no one but God could write this song. This is a song so big. This is a song so powerful. Only heaven could write this song. Only God could write a song that has a Caesar a thousand miles away demanding a census be taken. And by the time the news gets back to the little podunk Nazareth, this couple, Mary and Joseph, who she's nine months pregnant, has to get on a donkey and travel 90 miles to the town of Bethlehem where the baby is born. No pregnant woman wants to ride 90 miles on a donkey. God wrote the song. It was God who predicted hundreds of years before this through the prophets that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, would be born to a virgin. Only God could write that song. Most of all, only God could come up with a plan to redeem mankind back to him, and that plan including sending his son into the world to live as a man, to be sacrificed on a cross, to die and three days later rise from the grave. Only God could write a song like that. Our world is filled with sin. Sin separates us from God. God knows that we can't pay that price. We can't reconcile ourselves back to God, so he sent his son. Only God could conceive that plan. Only God could love big enough to put a plan like that into action. Only God could write this song. And again, have you ever considered really how radical the words are to the songs that we sing? You just sang a song this morning that in some parts of the world you could get arrested for singing it. I hope you were paying attention to the lyrics. I hope it came from the heart. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. There is no other faith. There's no other movement. There's no other worldview that makes that statement, that has those lyrics. Only God could write that song. That's why everybody needs to hear the song. That's why everyone needs to hear Bethlehem's song. Now, you hear people uh, in our culture say, Hey, I'm okay, you're okay, you know, everybody's right, nobody's wrong, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, you know, we'll all choose our own path and we'll get to God. There's nothing about that message that harmonizes with the birth of Jesus. Nothing about the idea that, well, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, we know we'll all end up okay. That in no way harmonizes with the birth of Jesus. Because if I'm okay and you're okay and we don't need, you know, why would God send Jesus? If we can figure it out on our own, if you can do your thing, I'll do my thing, why would God send Jesus? God had to send the perfect sacrifice. God had to send his only son. God knows we don't need a cheerleader. We need a savior. Because there's a debt that we can't pay. I love the story of the grandmother who decided that it was just too hard to go out and buy Christmas presents for all her kids and grandkids this particular year. So instead she decided, 
I'll send everybody a card and I'll put a check in the card and you know, tell them to open it on Christmas morning and then they can go out and buy whatever they want to buy. So that's what she did. She sent all the cards to her kids and her grandchildren, made sure that they got there by Christmas with the instructions, don't open until Christmas morning. Grandmother was horrified when she woke up on Christmas morning and realized that she forgot to put the stack of checks in all those cards. So on Christmas morning, all of her children and grandchildren opened up a card that read, buy your own presents, Grandma. <laughs> you know, it kind of illustrates the truth, doesn't it? It illustrates a, a truth that we have a debt that, that we can't pay. We have a need that we can't afford. We need forgiveness, but we don't have the funds. God's song announces good news to everybody. Now, you know that, that Mary sang the announcement of Jesus' birth, or the conception. We know that the angels sang. Do you know that Jesus sang? Some of you might know that. I bet most of you don't. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 10, I don't have it on the screen, but Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, the writer says this, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said. And then what follows is Psalm 40, written by David, written as a song by David. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, and here comes the psalm, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It's written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Just a couple verses later, in Hebrews 10, verse 10, the Hebrew writer is going to comment on that statement. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And I think that's what the songwriter had in mind when, when he wrote these words. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Those are radical lyrics. Those are really radical thoughts. Is being shared. It's tragic that there's so many people who never hear Bethlehem's song. Because Scripture makes it obvious that anyone can join in the chorus. Anyone can join. The amazing thing about the song of Bethlehem, it transcends culture, and class, and race, nationality. And when you read the accounts of Matthew and Luke, one of the underlying themes is, this is for everybody. Jesus came for everybody. In that day, if you weren't a man, you were a second-class citizen. But this story starts, the song starts with a young girl. In that day, if you weren't wealthy, you didn't have much significance. But this story starts... And the song starts with this little poor couple in the middle of nowhere, Nazareth. In that day, if you had any kind of immorality in your past, 
you were discarded. But Matthew says, let me tell you about Jesus' heritage, his lineage. And he mentions Tamar, and Rahab, the prostitute, and Bathsheba, the adulteress. In that day, if you were a pagan astrologer, you could be put to death according to the law, but God used a star to point them to the baby. And I think what Jesus is showing, what God's trying to say loud and clear is, I don't care about your gender. I don't care about your bank account. I don't care about your race. I don't care about your past. You can sing the song. You're invited. You're invited to meet Jesus. God is announcing that what everybody needs anyone can have. Maybe the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, every single word of that verse is so powerful, but there's one word that I think sometimes we pass over. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that, and here's the word that we miss, or at least we ignore, that whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Who's whoever? You. You're whoever. I'm whoever. All those people who look just like us and think just like us and act like just like us, that's whoever. All those people who seem to have nothing in common with us, that's whoever. Whoever. That's us. That's everyone. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. It's a great song. What it's saying is you matter to God. Regardless of what you might think about yourself, regardless of what people might tell you, you're valuable. And God doesn't give up on anyone. And someday we'll join the chorus in heaven and we'll sing God's story forever. You know, most music is really just noise. When you break it right down, most music is kind of a distraction. We need to kind of take our minds off of the mess that, that the world's in. But Bethlehem's song says, the music goes on. The music goes on because life goes on. And this life isn't all there is. Bethlehem's song declares that a new kingdom is being inaugurated. Bethlehem's song reminds us <clears throat> that those other influences that make life so miserable, you know, all the oppression and injustice and evil and, and death, they don't get the last word. They'll be conquered by the king. Want to hear some more radical lyrics? Truly He taught us to love one another. His law is love. And His gospel is peace. Chain shall He break, for the slave is our brother. And in His name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. That all within us praise His holy name. Christ is the Lord. Forever praise we. His power and glory evermore. Proclaim.
and we will. We will sing that song forever. You know, a lot of people have this image of God, that God is out there somewhere. God's out there, He's there. And then every now and then, He might come here, but not for long. Then He goes back there. The song of Bethlehem tells us God is with us. God is 100% present, working around us, working with us, working through us, working in us. There are people who deny the song. There are people who ignore the song, but the song keeps playing. All around us, the song keeps playing. And Jesus came to teach us how to stay in tune with the song. Jesus came to teach us how to be in harmony with that message. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our Redeemer. He is our Rescuer. The song is playing all around us. If you pay attention, you can hear it. If you pay attention, you can feel it. I told you songs are emotional. They touch us on a level that nothing else does. Will you sing along? Will you share the song? Will you share the story? It matters what music you listen to. We march to a different beat because we march behind a different king. I've got one more slide. One more time. There it is. O holy child of Bethlehem, to send to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in be born in us today. We hear the heavenly angels, the great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Three towns, three questions. Will you accept a new king? Will you join a new story? Will you sing a new song? This morning, is this the song that you're singing? What song are you singing? What story are you sharing? What king are you submitting to? If we can help you as a family this morning, there's going to be some people here to meet you in the front. Let's stand and sing.